welcome to New Hope Radio, and also welcome to the New Hope Radio podcast. We are glad to be with you today and love to be here on 1590 on the AM dial, 92.7 FM if you're listening to the radio, and if you're outside of the listening area, that's why we have the podcast on demand 24 hours a day. You can catch the podcast, and by the way, the name of it would be The Hope Club Podcast. That's how you find it. The Hope Club Podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Player, and of course our website at newhopecc.tv. So I want to thank you for coming along today. And uh, let me ask you a question. Did you ever wonder about the great things that you could have because of Christ? There are so many. And they're temporal and eternal. They're for this life and for the life to come. We're in a series entitled, Because of Christ. And we're looking at some of the wonderful things that we do have because of Christ. Now, here's what we've seen so far. We've seen that because of Christ, we have hope. Because of Christ, we have forgiveness. We can have peace in the storm. All these wonderful benefits from walking with the Lord. Today, we're going to see because of Christ, I have grace. Oh, the grace of God. I'll tell you what, you don't get far without grace. You really don't. It's like you don't get far without shoes. You need shoes to walk if you're going to walk on rough ground. You need grace to get through this life. What is grace? Well, let me give you a theological definition taken from the Greek word charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, and it simply means gift. Grace means gift. And when you think about a gift, you think about something that you receive freely. We also know grace as divine favor. God showing favor to someone. A gift isn't something you earn or you work for. A gift is something that you receive just because. You know, the word grace, it shows up in the New Testament like, um, wow, 122 times. But guess what? In the Old Testament, it's like nine times. So it shows you what a privileged time we live in. We live in a time where there's more grace now from God than there ever was before. So if we're living in a time where there's more grace, you know what I say? Stop complaining. Stop complaining. Complaining messes up the grace of God. Okay? Now, grace is a wonderful topic to learn because it helps us to see God more clearly for who He really is. And even though it's mentioned, okay, like we said, 122 times in the New Testament... I've singled out seven aspects of grace, of, of God's grace. We're not going to look at all 122 mentions, but we're going to take a look at seven mentions of grace. And each one is vitally important. The grace of God is vitally important. You know why? Because we stand in grace. We walk in grace. We grow in grace. It's like grace is the environment that we actually exist in as the people of God. 
So let's take these one by one. The first aspect of grace I want us to see is that grace is the, and you know this, right? But grace is the basis of my salvation. (laughs) Where does salvation come from? It comes from, yeah, the grace of God. And if you scoot over to Ephesians chapter 2, a couple of beautiful verses beginning in verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that, It's not of yourself, it's the gift of God. And what this verse is saying is, by grace you have been saved, and that salvation, it's not of yourself. You didn't earn it, you didn't work for it, you didn't deserve it. That salvation is a gift from God. That's charis. That's the gift. So for by grace you have been saved, and thankfully, God gave it as a gift because we, you know what? There's nothing we could do to earn it. There's nothing we could do to deserve it. Nothing we could do to work for it. You couldn't work enough hours in a life to get salvation. Can't have it. And why is it that we cannot attain salvation on our own merits? A lot of people think they can, but you can't. And, and Paul said in verse 9, this is why, so that no one would boast. No one's going to get to heaven and say, oh, man, you know why I'm here? Oh, you should have seen me down there. I was something. Oh, yeah, man, I was something. I was the greatest believer. No, None of that's going to go on in heaven. No, no, no. None of that's going on. When we get to heaven, we're going to be like that song, I can only imagine. I'm going to stand up and sing or fall down and cry. You know, how did I get here? I don't know. Is there a mistake? That must have been a mistake. How did I get to this place, you know? So it's really going to be, I believe, a humbling experience. There's no bragamonies when we get to heaven. That's for sure. Our salvation is a gift that God has given to us. Now, every gift has a price, right? If you give someone a gift, wait a minute, you had to go to the store and buy that gift. You didn't steal it. You had to go buy it. You had to pay a price. How is our salvation a gift? Oh, the price that was paid the shed blood of Christ. That Jesus paid for the gift and then God the Father gave it to us. That's why it's freely bestowed and we can't earn it or work for it or deserve it. Second aspect I want you to see about grace. Because of grace or through grace, I am declared just by God. You know what justification is? It is a declaration Justification is not an act as much as it is a statement. Justification is God saying, I pronounce you just. In Romans 3.24, Paul said, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Now, that's what we said on the last point, that Christ redeemed us through his work, through his blood, And then the gift of salvation, which results in being justified, is also God's freely bestowal of a gift upon us. So we are not only just, we are declared just. It's like the court. It's like the judge on the bench saying, I declare you just. You're free to go. That's justification. We stand there with all of our sins. And Jesus, the advocate, stands up and says, wait. I paid the price for all those sins. 
And God the Father says, I declare you just. You're free to go. All because of a gift from God. Through his grace, we were delivered from the condemnation that sin deserves. See, that's why this is a good message and a good podcast. Get people to listen to. You know, we had a lot of people, they're walking around and they are like guilty with a capital G. They're guilty. They feel guilty. They feel unworthy. They feel like they've crossed the line and God wants nothing to do with them. See, when they understand grace, they realize, wait a minute, God loves us all. Jesus died for us all, and he did everything that was needed to bring us back into a relationship with him. He did that for us. That's grace. So the most unworthy person can stand in the grace of God and freely receive the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I like this stuff. This stuff makes me feel like, okay, I'm glad I'm not going to be lost in my sins. Number three, now that we have grace, oh, here it comes, I can live in it. Like I said, grace is the environment that we live in. Here's what Paul said about Jesus in Romans 5.2. He said, through Jesus, we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace. Here it comes in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. A couple of things going on here. This is temporal and eternal. This is for this life and the life to come. In this life right now, we're standing in the grace of God. And then we're rejoicing in life eternal, in the glory of God, when God takes us to be home with Him. All of that is grace. I'm like, are you kidding? That's all grace? Yeah. It's all the grace of God. God is doing everything for us. You know, it's like having a little baby. And that baby can't do anything. You get to feed the baby. You get to change the baby. You get to bathe the baby. The baby's helpless. They can't do anything for themselves. We're like that with God. We can't do anything for ourselves. We have to receive the gift of God. We have to receive the redemption. We have to receive the justification. We have to receive the salvation. It's all a gift. And just like that little baby is loved by the parent, and that's why the parent does all those things for that baby. God the Father in heaven loves us, and he does all those things for us. So Paul says, okay, now, today, in this life, in this grace, I stand. You know what the word stand means? To have a firm footing. A firm footing, that's good. You know why? You don't slip and fall. Paul is saying, grace will make you stable. Ever feel unstable? Ever suffer from instability? Grace will make you stable. Grace will hold you up. I'll bet some of you that are listening today, you're a little unstable. (laughs) Would you agree? Are you a little unstable today? Do you doubt God's love for you? Do you? Do you fear the future? Are you reactionary to things? You know, are you a reactionary person? How about this? Are you an unforgiving person? 
forever. Are you always on the defense? You know, always got the walls up, can't tell you anything? You know what that's called? Dysfunction. Dysfunction is the inability to function properly. The inability to function properly. Well, what's the antidote? What's the solution? How do I get out of that mess? When you stand and live in God's grace, you become a different person. You really do. See, when you stand and live in God's grace, you'd never doubt his love. You know he loves you. You're not afraid of the future. You don't need to be reactionary at every little thing. You find out that forgiveness is the way to go. And you don't have to always defend yourself. You can take correction. Why? Because you're in the grace of God. When you don't understand the grace of God, you can't take correction. You, 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 you defend yourself against it. You deflect it. You put it on others. But when you understand God's grace, you're like, okay, I can take correction because it doesn't affect how God loves me and how God sees me. That's God's grace. I'm still in the grace of God. Don't take yourself out of the grace of God. Like I said, when you stand and live in God's grace, you become a different person. Now, let me tell you something. That's one of the coolest things that can happen to you when you become a Christian. That's like one of the main goals, becoming a different person. Oh, yeah. Okay, number four, the fourth aspect of God's grace. This is a good one. I like this one. I have a new frame of reference. I begin to see things differently when you're in the grace of God. Seems like we're spending some time in Romans today. That's okay. Paul said in Romans 6.14, For sin shall not be master over you, because you're not under the law, but under grace. When he says sin will not be master over you, it means to have dominion over you. It's not going to control you. Victory over sin is found in living in a relationship with God, not a relationship with the law. So what's this change of perception? What's this change of uh, a frame of reference? I don't see myself living under the law any longer. I don't have the pressure of being under the law. I'm living in grace. Under the law, man, that's like walking on eggs. Can't do that very long without cracking an egg. But when you're under grace, oh, you're free. You're free under grace. For instance, did you ever vow to quit a sin and then fall right back into it again? Did you ever say, that's it, I'm quitting smoking, you throw the cigarettes away, and then an hour later you're back at the store buying another pack? Why? Because you put yourself under the law. When you put yourself under the law, the law has control over you. When you put yourself under grace, God has control over you. And God begins to, as I said, change you. And you have a new frame of reference. Live in a personal relationship with Christ rather than a personal relationship with the law. Think of it like this. If you wear a rose, you're going to smell like the rose, right? Whatever you're close to, you're going to smell like that. Smoke a cigarette and you're going to smell like a cigarette. Wear a rose and you're going to smell like a rose. Whatever you're close to, that's what you're going to smell like. 
So, put on Christ, and you'll be like him. You'll act like him. You'll take on his, oh, I like this, you'll take on his fragrance. you like the fragrance of Jesus. Oh, man, full of grace and truth. Who doesn't want to be like that? So the more I'm closer to Jesus, the more I become like him. I take upon myself the fragrance of Jesus. The fifth thing I want us to see is that grace gives me a purpose in life. You know, a lot of folks are going through life and they're like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. What are you doing with your life? I don't know. You got a career? No. What do you think? I don't know. Half the people in the world, they don't even know what they want to do. You just want to smoke pot, watch sports. That's it. Go to the casino. They have no purpose for their life. But when you understand grace, you know what? You have a purpose. Because here's what Paul said. I think Paul's got a pretty good idea of how grace works in Romans 12, 6. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, oh, gifts, each one of us is to exercise them accordingly. There's my purpose. My gift is my purpose. The spiritual gift that God has given me at the moment of salvation, that's the purpose that God has given me in life. So here's the thing. I got to do something. I got to, number one, discover my gift. I have to, number two, cultivate my gift. And I have to, number three, exercise my gift. We have to do those three things, and that'll help you to live in your God-given purpose. Gifts do two things. They bring glory to God because He gave us the gift. And they bring, they bring reward to the one who uses them. That's how you earn rewards, by living in your spiritual gift. They also give us a fruitful existence. I mean, who wants an apple tree with no apples, right? You want fruit. You want your life to have fruit. Living in your spiritual gift will be fruitful. And that's what purpose is all about. Purpose is like, purpose is the open door to a fulfilled life. That's why God gave you spiritual gifts. How many Christians know their gifts? I wonder if most Christians do not. And then of those that do, how many utilize them? I would hope most do, but I don't think all do. That's why the gift, that, you know, that, that, that's something we get to discover. Discover it, cultivate it, because you got to get good at it, practice it, and then exercise it. Utilize it for the glory of God and for your purpose in life. All this is grace. God is like, I gave you some supernatural abilities to make your life fruitful and to grow the kingdom. You're living something big. You're living for something bigger than you when you utilize your spiritual gifts. Now tell me that's not the coolest way to go through life. Living for something bigger than you. Number six, living in grace creates in us a spirit of generosity. You know, when you're generous, you're free. It doesn't matter what you're generous with, but you're free. Paul said, each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. He's talking about giving money to God. 
But God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always you have all sufficiency in everything. And you may have an abundance in every good deed. Paul is saying, you give to God, God will give to you. That's basically it. You give to God, God will give to you. Now let me ask you, do you believe it? Do you trust it? Do you really believe that God will do what he says he's going to do? Or is God just playing games? Is he having fun? And he's not really going to do what he says. Tell me if this principle isn't true. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. You know, you sow two seeds, you get two plants. You sow a hundred seeds, you get a hundred plants. Makes sense to me. It's a mathematical mystery, isn't it? You reap what you sow. That's what he's saying. You see, grace doesn't leave us as we are. It changes us. That's another of God's gifts. <laughs> God's like, I got a gift for you. What is it, God? I'm going to change you. Now, in my case, you know what I say? Oh, thank you. Not soon enough, God. <laughs> I need to change quickly. Hurry up. Get this thing moving quick. But you see what grace does? Grace allows us to be everything that God wants us to be and everything that we want to be as well. Let me take a quick break from this because you know what? This radio show is so important and it's dependent upon all of our listeners to help us to stay here on the air. And then we create the podcast and put the radio show on demand 24 hours a day. So um, I hope you'll just stick with me for 30 seconds and I'll be right back. The Hope Club is a membership of supporters of New Hope Radio heard daily here on WARV. Would you join the Hope Club and commit $3 a week? In return, you'll receive an audio file devotional in your email box every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You'll receive other bonuses as well. And of course, you'll have the joy of keeping New Hope Radio on the air. Just go to newhopecc.tv, scroll down to support, click e-giving, click choose fund, and then radio. Enough people joining the Hope Club will ensure that New Hope Radio stays on the air. And thanks for your support. Okay, so we're talking about the grace of God, and here's the last point that we want to make, and I think it's a good one. Who can have this grace? I mean, it's such a good thing, isn't it? We talked about all the wonderful benefits of grace. Who can have it? Well, the Bible tells us who can have it. In Ephesians 6, verse 24, I like this. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. You know, the depth of this kind of loving toward Jesus? Grace with all those who love, it's the word agape, it means love no matter what, our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you love Jesus no matter what? Are you a conditional lover or an unconditional lover? If you can love Jesus unconditionally, like he loves you, you can have this grace. One man said, May the divine favor and all the benedictions flowing from it be with all of them who love our Lord Jesus Christ, who has loved us 
has to give his life to redeem ours and to save us unto life eternal. What's he saying? That this love is reciprocal. You know, it comes in and we return it back. See, you've got to make love complete. If love is received but not returned, it's not complete. We receive it and we return it. Now love is complete. And now this grace of God, oh, it's yours. It's yours. So let me quickly review what we saw today about the grace of God. Number one, it's the basis of our salvation. It's a gift, charis, divine favor. God says, I did this for you. My son paid for it, and then I gave it to you. That's how it's the basis of our salvation. Number two, through grace I am declared justified by God. I'm just. The judge on the bench, you're just. You may go. That's grace. Thirdly, now I live in the environment of grace, the atmosphere of grace. I I make everything about my life grace. Think about my relationships. I think about my responsibilities. It's all grace. Fourthly, I have a new frame of reference. I'm no longer under the law. I'm under grace, and I start to look at things differently. Grace gives me a purpose in life because through grace, God has given me spiritual gifts which have qualified me and given me a purpose to live for. And living in grace creates in us a spirit of generosity. I'm free. Generosity is being free with what you have. And who can have this grace? Whoever loves Jesus. That's it. Whoever loves Jesus can have this grace. All you got to do is love. But you got to love him the way he loves you. Not conditionally. Unconditionally. Can you do that? Can you love Jesus? Not because, you know, everything goes your way. Sometimes things won't go your way. But do you let that interfere with your love toward him? That's the key. Do you let it interfere? Don't let it interfere because you know what? Then it's not that kind of love.